0: This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not.
2: (laughs) And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's going on in the world of social media. And on today's show, we have our friend Nick Nimmin here with us. And we are talking to him all about the ways creators can cash in on their YouTube channels. So we're talking about a new integration with Shopify, how they're lowering requirements on the merch shop, and then also expanding these third-party product tags. It's still a test. We're also gonna dig into YouTube shorts, which I know is a big mystery for a lot of people, a lot of debate, but we're gonna get the definitive answer today from Nick, on how this format continues to grow and how content creators can monetize their shorts in 2022 as a creator. And then we're also going to ask Nick about his go-to resources for finding support and community when it comes to becoming, being a YouTube creator.
0: Yeah, Nick, so how are you doing today, my friend? And you are dialing in from, dialing in, are we on a modem or what? But you're, you're dialing in from Thailand, so how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, I think you're I think
1: you're you're highlighting our age there with the um with the dialing in, you know, comment. I was about to pick up a phone, like old school. I was like, Yeah, hey, what's going on? Yes, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I'm um after that intro uh, that you gave, like I'm 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 just pumped up to, you know, share some uh good information to everybody that's hanging out here today and um of course, you know, add value to any content creators out there and hopefully if there's somebody watching that's that hasn't pulled the trigger yet on, uh, you know, starting to use social media in general, specifically YouTube, to either grow their own personal brand or to grow their business,
0: um, hopefully we can encourage somebody to do that today. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you liked the intro before, just wait for this one. So if you don't know... Who Nick is, we're going to introduce you to him because he is a YouTube content creator and educator. He's dedicated to helping other content creators uh, grow and thrive on YouTube. He has amassed over 800,000 subscribers on his Nick Nimmin channel where you can subscribe, so make sure you guys do that, uh, for YouTube and video tips. His most popular video has amassed over 2.7 million views. I think it's the best video editing app for Android and iPhone. Uh, that's the title of it. But if you're a YouTuber, a business owner, or hobbyist interested, in making youtube videos you'll want to get nick into your daily video diet because i do uh for sure but uh, yeah well i'm just i'm so excited to have can you tell um like so we got some other people here going um let's see uh, andrew Cavanaugh goes nick rocks yeah so your fan club is here and brian did pass his thousand he says he passed in style and thank you for the help well much appreciated brian thank you uh for this and our friend tim stone is here as well Uh, Thank you, Tim, for stopping by. So um, another great... you know, somebody who has great content is our friends over at Ecam. They are the sponsor of the show. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They actually have a sale right now going on. It's going to end in July, so we only got a couple more days to do that. Um, it's 30% off for new users. Use the promo code JULY30, and you can get that 30% off. But make sure you guys go to uh, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. We appreciate them for sponsoring the show. All right. All the intro stuffs out of the way. This is going to be fun because we're talking about money.
2: <laughs> so go, yeah. go
0: get it. Go, go get the money, Grace. Show go us get the
2: money. the money, get the money. Yeah. So last week, YouTube revealed a part revealed revealed a partnership with. Sp- Shopify to help creators sell products through their live streams and their uploaded videos. And they're also continuing to push shorts, which we're going to talk all about, all the possible monetization opportunities, to that later in the show. But if you are watching us live, tell us if you've noticed more live shopping videos on YouTube lately. And is it making you stop, pause, and watch like it does to me? Or was it just confusing? Let us know in the comments if you're seeing more live shopping videos over over at um, YouTube, but let's get started. Let's begin with the big news, the YouTube integration with Shopify. So YouTube is taking the next steps and is gradual integration of e-commerce tools by enabling these merchants to feature their products across their YouTube channels. But Nick, tell us, how does this work and what do we need to know about it?
1: So um, for the Shopify integration, um, first off, this is huge. I just wanna put a big spotlight on that for content creators. So yes. um, it, right out of the gate, you have to have 1,000 subscribers um, for this. So in order to get like a merch shelf or any type of shopping features in the past, you had to get have at least 10,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Um, now that's been reduced to 1,000, which is huge um, when it comes to monetization for a lot of content creators, as long as you're over that 1,000 subscriber mark. And the reason that it's huge is because in the past, we only had the option really to have merchandise or t-shirts essentially, mugs, aprons, hats, you know, those types of things um, that were available on the merch shelf that would show up underneath the videos. Now, through Shopify, we're able to promote our own things, they can be physical products, they can be digital products, and YouTube makes them available, in some cases right under the video, and in some cases it'll show up in the shopping, um, little shopping option that you see on the video itself. Um, but the idea is that as content creators, we are able to promote our own stuff right there directly on the platform, which is which is a game changer. So, you know, in the marketing world, you know, for anybody that has any type of, you know, digital downloads or, you know, anything like that that you sell, if you have personal, you know, like like, physical products. Um, You can sell those, you know, directly through your Shopify store as well on YouTube. So part of the process is you have to set everything up and then YouTube has to approve the products that you make available. But once those are approved, then people can buy them right there on YouTube. So the need to send people from a YouTube video down into your video description, over to your website, onto your shopping page, then, you know, have them go through the process over there. That need has now been
0: removed and you can do all that directly on YouTube now, which is fantastic. Wow. So just to be clear, you can sell digital products too. On YouTube, because yeah. I know I know a and lot of products as well. So, for example,
1: once mine gets fixed, because we're in the process of getting mine fixed, because I'm having a syncing issue and that's happened with me and a few other people that I know as well, to um, where if you have had a Shopify store in the past and then you have a new Shopify store for this, um, just based on, you know, how things are connected on the back end or whatever, there's just a little bit of an issue, but they're helping me through it. Um, it's just not it's just not resolved at this moment in time. But basically, let's say, for example, in my case, because I have a store where I sell like video graphics and things like that. So instead of having to spread the awareness about that every single video that I publish, now I can just take the most popular graphics that are in the store and I can make them available directly underneath the video. So um, those are all digital products where, you know, people will be able to download the video graphics and, you know, those sorts of things um, right there from, you know, right there from the platform, which is great.
0: Mm. So we've got some great we got some great comments here um, from our friends. I knew that was going to roll out really fast. When we, we we got Nick on the show, uh, Ro- our friend Roger Wakefield, who is amazing. He's also Roger. a Texas Rogers native. Roger's a man. What a great group to learn from today, Roger. Thank you so much for chiming in over on Facebook. And uh, Brian says, I'm not a surprise. You guys said live shopping was coming and it's coming big everywhere. Yeah, this is just the tip of the iceberg, Brian. So um, it's going to be, there's some really cool stuff coming down the road. And uh, our friend uh, Jim Fuse is saying good morning. But this is a, the question uh, for, for Nick. So once again. Guys, ask your questions. We got we got Nick here for a limited amount of time, so uh, I, I'm going to try to put as many of them up on the screen as I can. But he goes, do you have to have more than the 4,000 watch uh, watch time hours to have this Shopify store? So you can have a Shopify
1: store without the 4,000 hours of watch time, but in order for it to integrate with YouTube, you have to be in the YouTube partner program. So you will have to have uh, met the requirements of a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time um, on your YouTube channel in order for you to, in order for you to have the option to make that
0: connection. OK, and another question. So it's, it's the same thing. You have to get in the partner pro- program first and then you have that okay. integration, okay. Um, yeah. But Brian goes, can you still use affiliate products when you're doing like a Shopify store?
1: Yeah, on affiliate products, you'll still need to put those down into your video description. Um, some things that you might be able to do, um, um, and I'll I'll start exploring this a little bit more once I get access to mine, or once you know the the problems get fixed with it. Um, but but one thing that I'm going to try to do with mine. So any any content creator that's that's watching or listening to this that um, that works with brands in any capacity, and, and we're going to be talking about this later too, I believe. But if you work with brands in any capacity, um, one thing that I'm going to experiment with on mine is creating you know some assets maybe for the brands. That I work with and making those available for free as maybe you know two or three different slots underneath my video and just use that as a way to also help bring attention to the brands that I work with. So if that ends up working, then in that scenario we also might be able to leverage that to not just sell products directly off of you know YouTube but also to continually bring attention to the brands that we work with directly through our videos as well. Which that can be something that we can negotiate um, in term you know in order to you know get more um, out of our brand deals and that sort of thing. So, um, so as of right now, um, like I said, I have to get mine fixed before I can experiment with that. But the day that it's fixed, um, I'm going to start adding some of those things just so I can see, you know, uh, one, if, if we're allowed to do it because they'll either approve it or deny it. Um, and two, um, just so I can, you know, start offering that as a way of exposure or a means of exposure to, to, to companies that I work with.
0: Awesome. So um, one of the questions that I saw here is this is this is a really good one. It's uh, Rich says, what does YouTube take as a cut from the Shopify sales Um, off the Shopify shelf? I'm not sure
1: um, at this point in time. Um, So basically, when it rolled out, I actually haven't found anything um, from from my view, like I haven't found anything that that adds clarity to exactly how much they're taking. I'm sure it's out there, um, but for me, like when I you know let people know about this and uh, last week and I started you know just basically kind of spreading the word about this, um, I wanted to get it all integrated into you know mine first so since it was broken, I actually haven't put much attention on the Shopify mm-hmm. <laughs> integration uh, since I haven't been able to get mine to work so because of that, I haven't really went down that rabbit hole too far yet.
0: Gotcha. Oh so um one of the things i do want to talk about just really briefly is if you're looking at a shopify store it's not that expensive and if you've been scared of e-commerce before because i used to have to build these things uh it's so easy i mean it's so easy and it's like i think 30 bucks a month for a shopify store if, if i'm if I remember right. And it also can integrate so one to-
1: thing that I found yeah, Jeff, but-
0: is if you if you if, if you go through, at least this is
1: what happened to me and one other creator that I that I know is um, if you go into Shopify from within YouTube, um, me and one other creator that I know, we got a promotion from Spotify to when we were creating a new store to upgrade for one dollar for a three month account. So my wow. guess is that they're doing that for the sake of, you know, just testing it, and making it easy and more accessible for people that maybe aren't familiar with Shopify or, you know, any type of e-commerce or something like that. But if you are going to be hitting Shopify and setting up a store and all of that, um, you know, through your YouTube channel for the purpose of connecting it to your YouTube channel, instead of going to shopify.com, go into your monetization tab, um, on your YouTube channel, and then go into your merchandise area there. And then that's the page where you're going to see a little message that will encourage you or prompt you to connect over to Shopify. Um, if you click that link, then, um, that was the way that I was able to get that discount. And then I shared that with somebody else and they were able to, to do that same exact thing. So I'm not sure. This was last week, so I'm not sure if this is something that they're still doing um, or not. But before you just type in Shopify.com and try to get it there, instead, try to go try to access it through YouTube and you might catch that deal. But it was like a dollar, I think, for three months, which is pretty awesome. That is really good. It is. So. Yeah. Well-
2: both youtube and shopify have been really pushing this. i've I've seen it for both ends so they mm -hmm. definitely want to encourage people we have a question from life of brian jeff
0: okay which one is it
2: it's the can you still use
0: affiliate products? yeah we asked that one already so sorry uh, Yeah. So, um, and, and we think we can, uh, Nick's going to go ahead and experiment some more with that. Okay. One of the things I wanted to talk about really quick before we move on is uh, not only with this YouTube integration, it's amazing, but Shopify has some great integration with other platforms like Pinterest. We're going to be talking oh. about YouTube shorts later. And a lot of those things you could also uh, short, especially because it's vertical video, you could repurpose over on Pinterest really easily and also connect it that way. So Um, Shopify has some really good stuff for e-commerce and there and all these um, platforms want a piece of that and so just think that think that through when you're coming up with your strategy that I can make this short but I can also use it in these different places as well so um, Grace do you want to take the question about the live shopping because I think that's really important too because I know Nick's a live streamer
2: so, you know, YouTube did say that you can display your products in three ways with this integration live stream, video, and shopping tab. Are there any other live shopping integrations coming our way from YouTube? And what do you think is going to be next?
1: So, in terms of live shopping integrations, th- anything that's on my radar, um, I think, I, I'm sure they're going to keep pushing it. So, basically, you know, th- like this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, they have to, you know, figure out how to use it properly, how to maximize it for their profit, you know, and all that stuff first. Um, I'm sure they're going to keep rolling things out. But anything that's on my radar, anything that I have access to, um, I haven't seen anything in terms of, you know, additional features they're going to be rolling out in the near future. But that does not mean that, you know, they don't have things that they're working on in the back end on their side that they'll be rolling out, you know, soon. Hopefully they just keep expanding this, you know, not just with Shopify, but maybe other platforms as well. I know already um, there is a platform called Kaya. Um, You spell it, I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, but you spell it uh, Q-A-Y-A dot com. And before this Mm -hmm. Shopify integration even took place, um, Kaya is another option that you can add to your merch shelf to where you can just go ahead and start, you know, allowing digital downloads and and those sorts of things as well. Um, It's just a different setup than what it is that you do through shopify um but you know with that my assumption is that they are going to just partner with as many platforms as they can that are reputable for the sake of helping content creators be able to you know access the platforms that they're most familiar with and also from their end, from an experimental standpoint it would make sense to do that just to see you know if they figure out which one converts best and and those sorts of things Mm.
0: So um, real quick, I want to just clarify for Andrew. He goes to, to create a Shopify store. You don't do you have to have the four thousand watch time hours. So yes. you could go you could go create one now, but you won't have that integration with YouTube right. until. I mean, Shopify is a separate thing. If you want to have your own store, because I've built one and I don't have that that's uh, <laughs> the, the part of <laughs> program right. Uh, so you can do that, but it's not going to integrate with your YouTube uh, your YouTube account. So I think I think that's what you were asking. So really yes, He said thank you. So okay, it sounds right. like we answered him. Okay. Yep. So the, another thing that's it's a uh, product rollout last week, we learned that YouTube's expanding its teth- test of third-party product tags in video. So this enables chosen creators to tag products featured in their video clips with the creator being paid directly by YouTube for using these item highlights. So Uh, YouTube launched this program first back in April, but it's inviting more creators to participate. Do you know who has access to this update, Nick? And, you know, where is it available? How do you find it? Uh, Any information you can give us on that?
1: So there's one content creator that I've that I've seen it on, and I can't remember his name. I mentioned him in one of my news episodes. Um, I think it was maybe my first or second news episode on my YouTube channel um, that I mentioned his name so that people could go and actually see what it looks like. Um, but he's the only one that I've personally um, seen it on. I'm sure it's on more, but um, you know, as they start rolling that out, you know, to more content creators, that's just another way that we can make money. Like with with everything it is that they're doing right now, with, you know, with Shopify, with the tagging, you know, with everything that they're going to help Creators monetize. Um, for me, that's just a that's just a huge win as a content creator because. One of the biggest hurdles that people have when it comes to creating content is getting enough views in order to make it worthwhile. But with YouTube making all of these other monetization options available, they're kind of allowing us to diversify or creating the opportunity or the environment where we can diversify our income and all the different things that we can sell and make available through our channels. Um, So, you know, because of that, when they do roll out that tagging across the board or if they do as long as, you know, all their experimentation, you know, ends up being positive and all that. But if they roll it out, um, that that's just going to be one more of those things that we're all going to be able to use as a way to, you know, increase our bottom line, so to speak. But the way that it works is, um, is when you do see the videos with it, what you'll see is you'll see a little tag down in the, down in the bottom corner of the video. And it'll just say, it'll, it says something like shopping or something like that. But when you click it, then on a mobile device, it opens the videos up underneath or the, the, the items I should say underneath. And it looks similar to the merch shelf um, when that happens. Um, or if you're on a desktop computer, it opens up on the right-hand side of the video. And then once you click on it, then what's cool there is it actually opens up essentially a sales page for that item to where it gives a lot more information. And then you can make a purchase right there on the spot. But from a content creator perspective, because you know there's the hey, you know I might be able to sell stuff through this as a marketer, but then there's also the content creator perspective. So from a content creator's perspective, this is a win because, in addition to showing the products that are listed, they'll also show some similar products, but right. then they'll also show a row of videos of content creators making videos about that particular product. So, let's say, for example, um, that you made a, a review video about a sure microphone um, like this, and it was tagged in that particular video. Then, in that particular case, when you make that video, or let's say somebody else did, and then and then and, and somebody clicked on a content creator that that that's just a huge channel and they go and they explore, you know, that particular product, and they see your video down there at the bottom. You know, as let's say a newer content creator, as long as your video performs well, then in that particular case, you have that opportunity to show up down there, and that can also be a way that people are going to be able to discover you. So, in my opinion, which you know, do, you know, doesn't matter really, in in you know, in terms of you know all of this, but in my opinion, I think that was a brilliant move by YouTube because what that's going to do is, in my opinion, that's going to. Um, cause an explosion in the amount of people that are doing reviews because all of this stuff is integrated now. So then, by causing that explosion, in my opinion, um, that's going to basically help facilitate all of this stuff that they're you know that they're rolling right. out um, to you know to content creators through all these different you know shopping features that they're doing.
2: Awesome. Well, your opinion matters to us. It yes. is it is gold. So, well, I mean, your you opinion, know, just like yeah. you know, it doesn't
1: influence <laughs> YouTube or anything you right. know weird like that. So yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, you know, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. like to yeah. make those disclaimers.
2: So uh, Jim Fuse has this question for us. He says, who is providing the merch in these cases and who is responsible for logistics and returns? So I guess if you're showcasing a product from a third party and it's not yours, who's, who's responsible for that?
1: If you're showcasing a product that's a third party that's not yours, then in that case, you know, that third party would be the person that would handle it. If you did have, you know, personal products that you sold physical products, then in that case, you know, if you had it in like an Amazon warehouse, if you're doing something through like Amazon FBA or something like that, then they would still, you know, handle the, um, you know, the shipment and all that for you there. However, if you had something individually, like let's say that, you had, let's say that you had a YouTube channel where you were making uh, crafts. Uh, Let's say you're doing like resin something or others, right? Let's say you just had a a resin product. Um, Then in that particular case, then you would need to, you know, to handle the shipping as long as YouTube approved it. Um, So I'm not 100% sure yet on the, you know, as it relates to Shopify, I'm not 100% sure yet. If you have your own physical product that you ship from like, let's say your house, I don't know if they would approve that compared to your own physical product that you had publicly available through, you know, outlets like Etsy and Amazon and things like that. So, um, so because of that, um, I would I'm just going to lean on the side of things to where if you're holding it personally, it's kind of iffy there. If you're shipping it out of your house or you know maybe your own office, but if you are working with one of the you know shopping con- or you know one of these big mm-hmm. shopping networks, um, then in that case, you know they would handle that for you. I know places like uh, when it comes to merchandise like shirts, aprons, things like that. Like if you use like uh, uh, Spreadshop, for example, then with them. You just upload your design over there, and then that's all you have to do. And then spread awareness about your your merch, and then they will take care <coughs> of everything else for you—the printing, the delivery, all aspects of it. So hopefully, um, with the Shopify side of things, you know, all of that type of uh, you know um, deliverability—I guess we would call that—hopefully, mm-hmm. um, you know, that'll all be handled through third parties or a service of some kind will pop up for content creators that'll make it possible for that to to happen if you are somebody that's just shipping stuff out of your garage, (laughs) for example. Right.
0: (laughs) So I I know that when I did, uh, connected my Shopify store with Pinterest, Pinterest required me to have a shipping policy and a privacy policy and all this stuff before they would approve you. So I'm assuming something like that was going to happen with Amazon if you're not doing like, you know, you're selling, you know, Amazon products or or whatever and and they're going to have to have a, a thing that makes sure that, that's covered because the last thing YouTube is going to want us having all these people complaining about, where's my t-shirt, you know, kind of a thing. Right. So anyway.
2: <laughs> so are these product tags only available for uploaded videos or are they available for live videos? So if we're doing live, like right now we're on Amazon and, you know, Jeff can add things to our little product shelf as we bring them up. Like if we're going to talk about this, that, or the other, but is this something that there's a live component or does it have to be a recorded video like to that. my
1: understanding right now it's pre-recorded, but right now they're just in the testing phase. Yeah, so when YouTube yeah. is in the testing phase of, of, you know, different features that they have, sometimes they can take a really long time to roll out, you know, to across platform. So right now they're they're in that testing phase. So since they are in that particular phase, um, you know, as it relates to live streaming itself, um, you know, as soon as it starts rolling out to more content creators and all that, we'll get a lot more information about that. Um, but to my understanding right now, it's only available on um, video videos on demand mm, gotcha. and so
2: and then how is this different than the merch shelf which i know is now available to which i know because of nick i should say that is now available with uh channels of a thousand subscribers and that was previously mm-hmm. done from i think ten thousand so how is the product tags different from what They've already created with this merch shelf. So the
1: merch shelf shows up underneath your your videos. So that'll be, you know, video on demand, that'll be a live stream um, as well. So your merch shelf will show up as long as you're viewing it from a country that, you know, can actually see it, then the merch shelf will show up underneath a video or a live stream. So when it comes to the product tagging, it's a little bit different because you're more like referencing products instead of saying, instead of saying, like, hey, you know, these are the things that I have available for you to purchase. It's more about In this video, I'm talking about um, this microphone and this uh, audio interface, and then YouTube makes that connection instead of it being like a product that you're necessarily selling. So it's more of Mm. something, or it's more along the lines of, you know, these are the things that are, you know, that this video was about. So therefore, we're going to, you know, add those there as long as the creator adds the, you know, the right tags for it. Um, Instead of, you know, you can start clicking on these things down here at the bottom um, that will take you in to be able to buy like a T-shirt or you know something like that.
0: Gotcha so it's more
1: of like the, the the tagging is more of like a reference where the merch mm. shelf is more like hey you're going into you know to actually buy these things that are that you're buying from me in some capacity
0: gotcha so we can get nimanati t-shirts when we watch your yes your in yeah. aprons, yeah. In
2: aprons. <laughs> that's right.
0: that is the best name i have to admit the nimanati i think that's just a great you name know, you know Gord eisman uh, i've heard his name yeah
1: yeah, so Gord is actually the one that came up with that. So my brother and I, oh. um, we we used to do a live stream um, together. We're actually now that he's back in Thailand, we're talking about doing it again. But um, but we um, during our, our live streams that we did together for a long time, um, we. You know, one of the things with with a deeper side of um, of branding is, you know, coming up with a name for your community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody uses nation and team and, you know, like all of these types of things. And I was like, man, I know the importance of having that, but I just couldn't come up with a good name. So during a live stream, I was like, hey, is anybody, if anybody has any ideas, let us know. And everybody started throwing all these names in the right. chat. And then Gord said Niminati And then, you know, everybody's like, yeah, Niminati, Niminati, Niminati <laughs> And then we saw it, like, oh, yeah, that's great. So. Um, so, you know, that yeah. that became
0: the thing because <laughs> I, I, I mentioned merch but it is a really cool t-shirt that says Nemanati on it it's just, it's just a really cool shirt so um, anyway so we're going to move on to the next uh, section we're going to be talking about YouTube shorts and I want to know who watches YouTube shorts so let us know down below wherever you're watching from uh, YouTube shorts and what kind of shorts do you watch do you watch recipes do you watch product reviews Do you watch like found on Amazon I mean what is it that you watch with shorts because um, I'm really interested to see that I have my my daughter's a TikTok person so she's always sending me TikTok stuff. I'm on YouTube, I see shorts. So um what do you, what do you guys use? So um moving on to shorts. Um one of the things that I wanted to talk to about uh, Nick about is, you know, that YouTube continues to invest in shorts. Uh, Everybody seems to be copying TikTok. That's that's the big boy on the block right now. And earlier this month, YouTube added uh, new creative features for shorts and shared that shorts clips now average over 30 billion, billion with a B, daily views. And so, of course, creators want to know how to monetize this growth. Uh, And they said that the early monetization efforts there have been promising, according to YouTube executives uh, during their earnings call. But they didn't say any more detail. So, uh, YouTube is, you know, competing just like Facebook is and Instagram for ad dollars for the rival TikTok. So, you know, Nick, we are familiar what it takes to collect, you know, ad revenue from long form videos. But what does it take to monetize YouTube shorts in 2022 as a creator? Um First, you have to make sure
1: that that you're compliant with the YouTube community guidelines and all of that, and in order for the Shorts Fund. With this, mm-hmm. I'm only talking about the Shorts Fund, okay. but we can talk about other ways to monetize as well. But basically, they have one thing called a Shorts Fund. The amount that they pay out for the Shorts Fund is between a hundred dollars and ten thousand um, dollars on a month, you know, per month, which is pretty fantastic. Um, but for the qualifications for that, um, you have to, of course, be. Um, uh, um, compliant with the YouTube Community Guidelines, with the YouTube Terms of Service, their uh, their copyright policies, you know, monetization policies, and all that. Um, you also have to have uploaded a short within the last uh, 180 days, um, and your channel doesn't have to be monetized itself, but you do need to have an AdSense account because that's how they actually pay out You know, if you get the shorts fund. um, In addition to that, you also have to be in a qualifying country, but it's a pretty big list. I'm assuming that most of the people that are watching this are probably going to be on that list. Um, In addition to that, because you were just talking about your daughter with TikTok, um, so one of the things that a lot of content creators are doing is they will make a video for TikTok and if it does well there, then they'll be like, "Hey, let me put this on my channel," right. you know, and put it out as a YouTube short. Um, when you do that, just as a heads up, if you have the TikTok watermark on there, if you have any type of Instagram watermark, anything right. like that, um, then that will disqualify you from the Shorts Fund. So it has to be original content, or at least it needs to look original, uh, like original content that you upload to YouTube for the purpose of you know showing it to their viewers. Um, so so that's the you know that's the thing when it comes to the Shorts Fund. But other ways um, that you could monetize um, in the future, they're actually talking about um, making super thanks available, which I'm sure people will, you know, will use. Um, if you're not familiar with super thanks, what it is. YouTube has, for YouTube Live, um, they have a feature called um, Super Chat. Um, And with Super Chat, it's where they can, uh, you know, they just click a button and they can donate directly to you. On videos, they have the option called Super Thanks, which is essentially a version of Super Chat, but it's for videos to where, if somebody enjoys the content in a video, they can click a button to essentially donate to that creator as a thanks. And then it'll show the amount right next to the comment and things like that for the person that donated. Um, When it comes to um, the super thanks uh, that you know that's something that they said that they plan on testing in Q4 so that doesn't mean that we're all going to get it in Q4 it just means that you know they're going to be testing it you know by the end of the year um, in terms of other ways that you can monetize of course when it comes to YouTube shorts you know, content, regardless if it's written, if it's audio, if it's video, if it's long form video, short term video, very long live streams, anything like that. You know, one of the ways that you can monetize anything is by spreading awareness about the things that, you know, that you care about or that you're just trying to bring attention to. So YouTube Shorts is the same exact way to where you can make a very short clip to where, you know, maybe you pose a problem of some kind and then the the product or service that you personally offer or the thing that you're trying trying to bring attention to as an affiliate um to where that would necessarily or that could be like the hero so mm-hmm. to speak of you know that particular you know short um you can take that approach you can put you shorts have descriptions where you can put affiliate links down to descriptions um you can put website links down in your descriptions things like that so for example if you're somebody that because um, i know we go to like a, a, a mostly you know marketing crowd through right. um through this show so um and you know, as it relates to marketing, let's say that you had a video on, you know, let's say three tips to get higher conversions on your landing page. Um, then in that particular case, you could give those three tips and you could say to learn more, I've got a PDF you can download in the description or something like that, just like you would do in a YouTube video. And then people can click on a three-dot menu in the short shelf and then they can click on the description option and then they can go down there and find it. Um, another thing that you could do there is if you did have a very easy to remember website name, then you could say, even if it's your channel name, or something like that, then in that particular case, you could say, you know, to learn more or to buy, you know, to buy this thing or, you know, whatever it is that you have to be showcasing, um, then you could just, you know, just say whatever your website is, maybe put a little, you know, a little uh, graphic on the screen uh, with your website on it, something like that. But one thing that I just want to, you know, highlight is when it comes to, you know, selling through uh, social media or, or YouTube, we'll just call that specifically, one of the things that you have to remember when it comes to YouTube is, if you want your content to perform well, everything on the platform is based on performance. So, if you are going to be doing hard sales like that and trying to get people to hit your description and download PDFs and things like that out of the short shelf, it is important to know that that it's possible that that can impact negatively impact your video performance or your shorts performance. So, because of that, just keep that in mind when it comes to you know right. trying to send people off of um, platform. But if you're using YouTube for the sake of marketing, you probably fully understand that already, and it's worth You know, driving people off because that's the whole reason that you have your YouTube channel in the first place. But what I recommend is that you balance it out. So when it comes to balancing out, what I recommend is that you have, you know, like a short that is 100% value, maybe two or three that are just 100% nothing but value. You're not trying to drive anybody off site. You're just trying to have a high performing piece of content and then have, you know, your money stuff that you put out and just make that part of your content strategy to where every four videos, five videos, these are where I drop the videos that probably aren't going to perform as well because i'm driving people off platform however they are serving the purpose of my youtube channel which is driving revenue or you know giving me leads or whatever the thing is that you're trying to accomplish with your
0: youtube channel awesome so realistically how much can creators expect to earn from the shorts fund do you have any like
1: between hundred between a hundred dollars and in ten thousand? Is there is there a okay. limit? Um, I know one guy; he's in my membership group. I think he made I think it was like 6000 um, $6, dollars um, on his um, for for one month. He made six thousand dollars. So um, in terms of the 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 limit, you can you know you can absolutely you know hit that ten thousand mark. You just have to have you know high performing right. content, and it has to be in front of the right audience, which is a really big part of it. So you know, getting a lot of views is one thing, but getting the right views is where the money starts happening in every single aspect. In terms of your ad rates, you know, for your videos, in terms of, you know, you, uh, you know, getting money from the shorts, you know, right. all, you know it all comes down to where people are watching your videos from.
0: So on the shorts, is it, you know, when it first rolled out, everybody, you know, people said, hey, create a, a whole nother channel
1: for mm-hmm. shorts. And
0: then other people were saying, oh, you know, the shorts will help you get more subscribers to your, your channel that you wanna grow. Is there still that thought about shorts, or is it just like another thing you need to do for your channel to monetize? Um, I wouldn't say it's another
1: thing you need to do, it's more of a thing that you can do. Okay. So when it comes to, you know, just the internet in general, we ha- we all have this feeling that we have to do like all the things. Like you don't have to do it just because it's there. Um, but it is one of those those things that will get you in front of new audiences. So when it comes to YouTube Shorts, the win with YouTube Shorts is that people don't have to choose to click on your content, it just happens to them. So they're just sitting there in the short shelf, they scroll, and then bam, there's your video. You grab their attention, take them through, you know, the experience that you're giving them, and then they can watch more of yours or they can move on. But when it comes to longer form content, You have to get them to click first. So because of that, a lot of content creators will just start with YouTube Shorts, or they'll start leaning towards YouTube Shorts if their longer form videos don't perform as well, just because they see the you know the view counts coming in, which is fine. Um, however, there's been a problem about people converting from the short form content to the long form content. So, if somebody you know enjoys that content, it's possible they might go explore your YouTube channel page and find your long form content that way. Um, it's also possible that if they watch you know a handful of your shorts, that YouTube will recommend your long form content to them, but then you're stuck in that position again. To where you still got to get them to, cl- to, to click on your long form mm-hmm. content. So when it comes to the YouTube Shorts, it's just it's just easier, right? In terms of you know getting yeah. viewership. But one thing that I that I want to highlight here is I mentioned in my in my news update today that YouTube is rolling out um, right now. Actually, they're rolling out where you are going to have the option right from the YouTube app itself to go into your archive of videos. And, and by archive, you know it doesn't matter if you've been on YouTube for a decade or if you've been on YouTube for a month and you have several videos on your channel. Any of the videos that you have on your channel, you're gonna be able to go in and clip out a section. Yeah. Um, and, and I gotta be careful with the language that I use because they actually have a clipping feature, which is totally different, and they have a cut feature, which is also different. But with the, um, with the thing that they're rolling out, how it works is, you go to one of your videos and you convert essentially one of your longer form videos into a short that short needs to be 60 seconds and it has to be a video from your channel it's not a video that you can react to or anything like right. that it has to be, be a video on your channel So you can cut out a piece, a segment of your video that is 60 seconds and here's where the win is happening in terms of building that bridge. Um, So you cut out that video of 60 seconds and then if somebody's watching that YouTube short, there's gonna be a direct link back to the originating video. So it's gonna be a way to put that content in front of people and have people have a way that they can directly go and see like hey i I really like the content that i got here in the 60 seconds let me click and watch the longer version of this um so this is a bridge that youtube is trying to build because it has been a challenge for content creators to get people that are responding to their short form content to respond to their long form content and this is
0: kind of the 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 feature that they're rolling out to hopefully try to fix that so i would think like if you were a recipe creator that you would like to show the big final thing would be your you want to have your sexy shots or whatever to get those people to go watch your whole thing. Like, okay, this is how you make the thing from start to, th- to the end kind of a stuff. Okay, that's a perfect really cool. use case,
1: that's perfect really use cool. case. Yeah, like in, in that one to where, you know, you show all the good stuff, right? Like, hey, this is the thing. Oh, it's delicious, so on and so forth. <laughs> Learn how to make this, you know, click this little, you know, icon down here. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect use case for that. Awesome, awesome. So
2: do you have any tactics or tools for, let's say that I've had a YouTube channel for five years, I've got hundreds and hundreds of videos I don't remember every single one is there a way to like comb through all of those and find like here's some key moments or what what was what's a good way to kind of start that process of using that Yeah, you just gotta
1: go through it. Like, uh, you know, you have to just, you know, watch the video and think to yourself, you know, what do I have on my channel? That would be a good short. I mean, technically you could use the key moments in your audience retention reports, but that's also not something that you can see at a quick view. Like you would have Mm -hmm. to go into each individual video and look, you know, for that particular stat. Um, But uh, when it comes to the videos, yeah, you just just have to go through them. So it doesn't mean just because it is available for longer form content, they are kind of selling it. Like one of the things that they suggest with this particular update um is that you do use it as a way to bring attention to some of your you know older content on the channel but um, um just because that's kind of the intention or at least how they're selling it right now doesn't mean that you even have to do that like you could just start doing it from the videos that you've made over the last 30 days for example just to try to bring attention to them and then at any moment where you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself yeah you know what i did make that video about this thing that would be a great <laughs> short then you could go do it at that moment in time without having to spend tons of time on it because you all of us are more familiar with the content right. that we've recently put out compared to the to the things that we were doing, you know, five years ago. And with that yeah. said, what we were doing five years ago, we might not want to make a short out of that, you know. <laughs> now, you know now, that, you know, now that we know a lot more yeah. these days, right? yeah my google plus
0: videos aren't going to do very well um <laughs> right. so so brian the comedy says, side though, those might do well <laughs> that's right yeah exactly uh,
2: no we should do we should do one of like this is where we were
0: wrong that's right yeah what we <laughs> what this is right. did
2: we missed <laughs> the mark on that one
0: <laughs> yes i invested in this nft um, so uh brian goes uh i like that i've been experimenting with shorts of my long-form videos but struggling with how to link it back to the long video so this is rolling out brian so it's i don't think it's to everybody yet but yeah, I think it'll be very, very cool when it rolls out. What Nick? I wanted to ask. You know, so we talked a little bit about TikTok and don't upload stuff that has like the Instagram or the TikTok watermark on it uh, because a lot of creators are doing that because you know it's repurposing. Does do you see a difference in the type of content? Like a TikTok video, it's going to do well in Shorts if you take that watermark out, or is it? Or there are they two different platforms? I mean, it, uh, that short-form content. You know the. The vertical short form content. Is there a big difference between shorts and TikTok videos?
1: Uh, They're the the same thing essentially, but the only difference with the short is that it's actually short. So with TikTok, they expanded theirs into long forms. Now you can upload long form vertical content to TikTok, where YouTube, they're keeping it short. So um, great move by the way, uh, of TikTok yeah. to do that. Like, oh, okay, right. you're gonna make shorts, no problem. We're gonna you know, try to do this <laughs> on the long form side. Mm-hmm. So great move um, on TikTok's part for that. Um, but with YouTube, the difference is that, that you have to keep it uh, within that 60 second mark. Gotcha.
0: So we got some comments I want to pull up. Uh, We asked you know, who is you know watching YouTube Shorts, and Jim says he rarely watches them because he's always on Amazon. That's the reason. Uh, And then Sabrina says she hasn't watched them much either. Uh, But when we were talking about the um, Nimanati, a Facebook user says, "I love the voice that comes up when somebody sends Nick a super chat during his live events." I think that's your voice, isn't it?
2: Super chat.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Is that you? (laughs) Let me turn that up a little bit. It's this. Super chat. Yeah, so that's uh that's Travis M C P is okay. uh, is who is who made that. So he's made a few of these. I also have some voices from uh, Mike Russell over at Music Radio Creative he's awesome. as well. Oh. Yeah, he's um, so yeah, so uh, so yeah, those those are those are the fun elements for me for the uh, for the live stream.
0: Right, right. Uh, so uh, Chris goes uh, he goes, Great point on the watermark. I always see people upload to TikTok and then just save that video and repurpose everywhere else in details. Yeah, so I know like on Instagram they'll actually like delist it not delist it, but they'll shove it out down farther in the algorithm so uh very very cool so yeah
2: my concern with that would be music rights right because like i've seen that happen where someone will share it everywhere and then you get you see it on another platform and like this music has been deleted or you know Mm -hmm. this music and then you get flagged for that so my concern would be those music rights
0: so for getting the shorts up in the shorts program where you can get money from it is there the shorts fund is that do you have to watch the the music rights or is there music that youtube has already approved that you can use for your shorts how does that work nick
1: uh when it comes to shorts the same uh rules apply you know across the platform okay. um, in terms of you know, not being able not using something that you don't have the rights to however youtube has secured rights for you know for a lot of songs and you can find those within the short shelf itself okay. so in order to find the music that youtube is like hey you have the rights to use, you know, these songs. Um, then you just find that within the shorts, uh, within the shorts camera. So as okay. you're creating your shorts within the short camera, that's where you that's where you find that. Um, if you have content that you've created elsewhere and then you upload it into there, then you can still assign a song to it. And when you assign that song to it, then again, it's gonna show you that list of of songs that they already have. So the approach that you wanna take there, if you just wanna be 100% safe, is either one, don't use music at all, two, use our music service, which is called creatormix.com, by the way, Um, but use our music service, or. Um, go into YouTube and just make sure that you you know don't have any music in it before you upload it into YouTube Shorts, and then go in there and add the sound to it for for the actual music track. Awesome. Okay,
2: tell us again where to get the music.
1: For oh, people it's
2: Creator
1: yeah, Creatormix.com. Yeah. So this resource was made by my brother and myself. So um, we've made some of the music. We um, we purchase, you know, some of the music as well. But we get full rights to the music, so that we can give it freely to YouTube content creators.
0: And I believe Nick has a link to that from his uh, website that we're actually putting up on the screen right now so if you're listening to I the podcast i'm not sure if i've updated it yet i haven't updated that website in so long
1: yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure that i do yeah, if not i'll write I'll race and do it after this right. is finished so well,
2: if, actually, if you want if you find him on youtube nick nimmin on youtube yeah he, right. uh, he yeah. talks about it in his latest videos so that's another resource right. that is more up to date <laughs>
0: and i wanted to mention that his name for the podcast listeners it's yes nick nimmin is nimmin is spelled n-i-m-m-i-n dot com and that's yeah, where you can talk Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So uh, another th- uh, comment really quick I wanted to bring up is that, um, so we were talking about the Niminati and the sound effects, and they said, when I hear it, I can't get that phrase out of my head for an entire day. <laughs> so it does kind of, it's one of those earworms that gets in there when you hear it. Well,
2: uh, you can listen to the show as a podcast, so you can be stuck in your head tomorrow, honestly, too. You
0: should do an ASMR YouTube channel. That would just be him hitting <laughs> that button over and over. So uh, real quick, before we move on, I want to make another shout out to our friends over at Ecamm. You can find out more about them at Social Media News Live. And make sure you check out their sale that ends at the end of July. Use the code JULY30 to get 30% off. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ECAM. Thanks for them for sponsoring the show. All right, Grace, our final section. Uh, well, let We about move this. on. I wanted to oh. ask
2: one more question about shorts. Sorry, you we, I don't want to go. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> just it's just that we kind of we had we went we had so many great comments and we tried to highlight the comments. But I want to talk about getting brand deals to monetize oh, yeah. YouTube Shorts because that was something that was mentioned in all of these announcements. You know, they had their two Q uh, Q two uh, earnings calls and they kept mentioning brand deals, brand deals, brand deals. And I want to know about how do you make yourself stand out to qualify for them, or how do you, where do you look for them, and how do you just say, "Hey, look at me! I, I, I want a brand deal." Like, how mm-hmm. does that work?
1: So, um, when it comes to YouTube specifically, they have something called brand connect that once you qualify for it, um, then you can, you know, basically go into that and then it puts your YouTube channel, um, in kind of like a marketplace of sorts to where brands can reach out to you directly through it. Um, so there's that, but then there's also the side, like if you want to work with, um, brands and, you know, monetize your shorts in that way, you know, one thing that I tried to just help creators think about when it comes to brand deals is that if you're gonna be a YouTube content creator, leveraging YouTube to the point that you're gonna be you know, trying to get brand deals for what it is that you're doing, um, it's important to one, start approaching YouTube as of course the content creator, but also with a very Focused business mind and the reason for that is because when it comes to brand deals It's essentially a sales process when you're first getting started eventually you'll have people you know Like for example if I open up my email right now I've got probably ten people that I've gotten emails from five at least that I've gotten emails from today of people that are like Hey, you know We want to sponsor video on your channel or something like that, but when you're first getting started um, It's a it's a sales process so what you have to do is you have to basically write down a list of companies that you would love to work with. That would be a great fit for your content, your audience. And then from there, then start reaching out to those companies, start keeping track of who it is that you're talking to there and their roles there. You want to reach out to the influencer marketing people on LinkedIn, for example, but you want to put together like a, a media kit of some sorts that lets people know exactly what it is that you, you know, are offering for your sponsorships, the placements, the, you know, how much it costs, those t- sorts of things. Um, and then you just want to start Cold calling people, either through email, through LinkedIn, through you know the actual telephone, which which you know is surprisingly effective these days because people don't use it as much. Um, but yeah. when it comes to getting brand deals. It's important to just look at it as, you know, part of the process. You have to continually, depending on your approach, you have to continually um, be on the grind, so to speak, for, you know, trying to bring in uh, new sponsors. Um, The other side of that is that you just find a couple of great companies to work with or a handful of great companies to work with on a long term basis. And that keeps you off the hamster wheel but you put your eggs in just like a few baskets in that scenario, mm-hmm. but it's also much easier to manage and things like that. But the yeah. big idea is that you just start looking at it as a sales process, and you think to yourself, okay, these are, the, these are the companies that I wanna work with, that'd be a great fit for my channel, my audience, and so I'm gonna start you know, going through the process of turning these uh, you know, these companies into leads, and then hopefully, you know, eventually, sales. And, um, and make that list as big as you possibly can, because you're gonna get a lot of no's, you're gonna get a lot of people that don't respond, or a lot of people that say that they're not interested in this moment in time. But the idea is that you start you know, putting yourself out there and you start going through the process of, you know, trying to open those doors. Because the biggest problem when it comes to, uh, and I've, I've asked this question with everybody that I, that I every company that I've worked with, the biggest problem that companies have when it comes to, you know, knowing content creators to work with, is they just don't even, you know, like they might not even know you're on the radar, but you might be the perfect fit for them. Um, but they just don't even know you exist yet because you haven't reached out to them. So because of that, just look at it like a sales process, you're trying to get, you know, uh, on their radar, um, essentially is what you're trying to do. And then, of course, over time, convert them into um, either a short term in terms of, you know, a video or a couple of videos or three videos on your channel um, or long term to where you work out more longer term arrangements with them.
0: So real quick, a great resource that I found, and this is from the Dealcasters, uh, Jim and Chris, there's a guy named Justin Moore. He has a YouTube channel, but he talks all about brand deals. He's got a great newsletter that he sends out each week. If you want to get that link to that newsletter, send me a DM and I'll, I'll shoot that to you um, because it's it's really helped me out too. But uh, yeah, it's, Justin's he's, fantastic. Brand deal wizard is, yeah, is what his
1: yeah. uh, YouTube channel is. Brand deal wizard. Yeah, Ju- Justin is, is fantastic. And the information that he's sharing over there is extremely, uh, extremely valuable and insightful just through the experience that he's had, you know, from his YouTube channels. Yeah, so that's a great
0: resource too. All right, Grace, so we got a few minutes left, so uh, I'll let you yeah, take away, you, so you do better. I,
2: you know, we wanna talk about the ways that YouTube is supporting creators, not just helping creators support themselves. And it, YouTube is constantly looking to support creators. Just this last few weeks, they rolled out this thing called the Creator Safety Center, Creator Safety Center, and it helps creators that help Uh, navigate unwanted interactions and attention on the app as what happens when you start getting bigger and bigger, you start attracting all kinds of attention. And it says that uh, YouTube has said that none of these links, tips, advice is anything new, but they've put it together in one coordinated resource. But that's not all I heard on one of your uh, YouTube videos. And it was this was a guest that you usually have on your Saturday streams, your friend, Renee Ritchie, Who's there from time to time and he's now the YouTube creator liaison. So what does that mean for creators and what is his function inside YouTube? And is he someone that I don't know, you could contact directly and be like, Hey, do 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 <laughs> like I have this problem? Or how, do, how how does how is his function in the company gonna work?
1: So um, he's definitely not customer support um, in that regard. No. But <laughs> no, no, no. his role there is to represent the perspective of content creators. So with Renee, he's been a content creator. He grew his YouTube channel, I think, to like two hundred and something thousand subscribers in his first year on YouTube. Um, he's he's well embedded into like the YouTube tech space. He knows a lot of the you know bigger creators in that space as well. Um, so he you know he's a YouTuber. He's a content creator first. And because of that, he is able to share with YouTube, hey, these are the things we think about. These are the problems we have Um, with all my YouTuber friends. These are, you know, this is some of the feedback that I'm getting from them, you know, about YouTube and things we can do to improve. And, you know, things, you know, just problems, general problems that people have with YouTube. So so the way to to look at his role is he's kind of like the voice of content creators to YouTube. Right. Okay. So. Um, so in, in in that regard, his role is extremely important because, you know, he's kind of the the face of all of us, you know, facing towards them. Um, so, you know, congratulations to him for that gig, first off. Um, but that particular yeah. role, you know, he's he's, you know, a liaison, you know, between, you know, content creators and uh, and, and YouTube, um, essentially.
0: So what um, what are some other resources or communities that you recommend um, for creators to continue to learn and to kind of grow from one another? So YouTube by themselves, they have something called, um, it's called
1: YouTube Tips, I think it is. If you go to the Google Help Pages, and a a lot of uh, people don't know about this, um, even though it's extremely publicly available. Um, If you go to Google and you type in like YouTube Help Pages or Google Help Pages, then as you scroll down the page, just barely, um, you're gonna see, you know, official Google, you know, websites there. So as you click into that, it's gonna take you into like a help area. And that help area contains, you know, YouTube, um, Google Ads, um, Analytics, uh, or Google Analytics, you know, Google Webmaster, you know, stuff um, like, you know, all of their properties and support for their properties. But within that, they also share a bunch of really helpful information for us in terms of, you know, feature updates and policy updates and all of that. Um, they also teach us what they think is important about YouTube and the things that they're trying to do with YouTube and what we can do better as creators, you know, um, with our content in order to better perform better on the platform and those types of things. But within all that, um, they also have, if you go into the YouTube area, they also have an area called, uh, YouTube tips or creator tips. Um, I can't remember the exact name. It's either YouTube tips or creator tips. And um, when you click on that, um, it's like a uh, educational resource for people that are just getting started on YouTube. So, um, so that's the very first one that I want to put on the list. They used to have something called the YouTube Creator Academy, but they um, they uh, they let that one go or they shut it down. And then now they're just slowly adding more and more to the creator tips or YouTube tips um, option that they have inside of the Google Help pages. But I really recommend, like you know, it's really easy. To listen to podcasts and watch videos like mine, you know, talking about, you know, hey, these are the things you need to do. But seeing it in written form like that, just coming directly from Google and saying like, hey, these are the things that are, you know, that are important to them. These are the things that I just need to know if I'm going to be operating on this platform. I really encourage anybody watching this to um, to go and just dig around there and you'll learn a ton, not just from the YouTube tips or creator tips area by itself, but just by looking around and seeing all the information they have available as it relates to YouTube and, and how they're, you know, how what you're doing. Um, or how you should be doing what it is that you're doing you know, for, the, for the best possible results there on the platform. So I really recommend that you um, go there as the very first source. In addition to that, there's tons of, you know, Facebook groups, um, uh, subreddits, um, mm-hmm. discord groups where people are, you know, sharing their experiences as a YouTube content creator. People are, you know, like for example, Brian G. Johnson has a group on Facebook called tube ritual. Um, that is a super valuable group, um, for YouTube content creators. Daryl leaves has one called video mm-hmm. makers and marketers, um, right. that a lot of content also, you know, amazing. Um, I have one that I don't really do that much with called YouTube and video tips. Um, but I would go to the other two first before that one, because even though, <laughs> though i check into that one from time to time it's not something that i'm like you know aggressively trying to grow but um but i would go to the other two um first but those are the those the best ones on uh on youtube that are available on facebook right now actually let me back that up a little bit so um tom nash also made one called uh, i think it's called youtube creators um that one's really good um uh as well so those three are um are the ones that you should definitely check out on facebook on reddit they have new tubers um, so if you're just trying to get some basic understanding of what's going on, that's a great place to start, but be warned. There are a lot of kids in that particular one. Um, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, people that are starting in like gaming and things like that. Right. So, uh, so because of that, you might want to go into one called YouTubers, um, in that particular one, there's people, there's new people in there too, but then there's also a lot of people like myself that will frequent that one that have, you know, just a lot more experience and things like that. And they can give you real information instead of just, hey, this is a thing that I heard that you should do type of information. Um, so, you know, I think I think those are all, you know, fantastic um, resources to get you started. And if you have the opportunity, um, I also recommend that, you know, you go to conferences from time to time if you're wanting yeah. to do, you know, any of this stuff, like Vid Summit that we mentioned earlier, um, is a conference for YouTube content creators that I really recommend everyone go to if you're serious about not just growing on YouTube, but using YouTube and, and and other forms of video um, to grow your influence online as a whole, like your influence, your brand, your company, um, you know, your income, all of that um, is covered at um, at Summit. Um, so I really recommend that you know you do go to you know in person conferences like that as well. I know Social Media Marketing World; um, they also have like a video or YouTube arm of um, of their conference mm-hmm. as well. Both of them are are fantastic. Um, but when it comes to Vid Summit, the difference there. Um, is that the entire thing is focused on online video. Um, so I just really recommend if you are a YouTube content creator and you happen to be in um, in LA or you live close to LA and you're gonna be there somewhere between the 27th and 29th of September, um, that you definitely check out uh, VidSummit as well. And by the way, I'm not like, you know, A shill or being paid to like promote anything. I've been going to this summit since I was able to, Um, and uh, it's just uh, you know it's it's an amazing it's an amazing conference, and it's it's put together by Daryl Eaves and um, who you know a lot of the people watching this probably know already, Um, and uh, Mr. Beast, who is now within the top five YouTube channels on YouTube, Um, it's it's them that actually that that run the whole thing.
0: Awesome. So yeah, the final question um, I wanted to ask I wanted to ask you is okay there's a lot of so-called YouTube gurus or experts out there. Um, And Mm -hmm. a lot of times it seems they just go and listen to you or Daryl Eves or, you know, Tim Schmoyer and just regurgitate stuff. So how do you know, like somebody who's watching this, who's like, okay, I'm I'm sold. I want to start my YouTube channel. Um, But they see all these videos on how to make, how to grow your YouTube or whatever. What do you, how do you, how do they go through the smell test? Like, the sniff test to make sure that <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough and the reason yeah. that's tough yeah. is because
1: like one of the ways that you could say that is if you were to look at somebody's YouTube channel and they have 10 videos on their YouTube channel and those videos are about like how to go viral on YouTube and the YouTube algorithm and things like that and all their videos have you know like 100 views on them then there's a pretty good chance right. that um that you know they're, they're just not off to a great start you know at this moment in time and maybe they don't have the experience you know that they that they want uh, or that they're you know trying to convey but then in other cases cases some people that you know that work as consultants that work with you know big brands on their YouTube channels and things like that they do start YouTube channels and you know they'll start sharing information there and it's really valuable information but because they don't have you know what people right. expect to see from the outside like what I was just talking about then people won't take them seriously until you know they usually get to a certain point um, without you know name calling I actually have somebody that I know that is extremely rep- reputable um, in the industry and he did that he started a YouTube channel he was on YouTube I think for like two two years, you know, uploading consistently. And even though they grew the channel to around, I think like 10 or 15,000 subscribers, um, they just didn't get, you know, that response that you would think that you should get. And one of the things when it comes to YouTube is that in addition to, you know, having the right video ideas at the right time that you're that you're putting out, um, there's also the other side of things, which is that somebody could be really knowledgeable in what it is that they're doing, but they might just not be great at presenting the content itself. And then that could cause them to get, you know, get results that aren't, you know, the way you would look at it and be like, like, oh, hey, that's not great. But they might be able to oh. tell you, you know, how to do, you know, something that's right. true, that, that that is fantastic. So, because of that, um, I would say just dig in and just try to research that person, and you know, look at them, you know, historically. Try to find out, you know, other stuff about them online in terms of you know trying to figure out where their experience came from or whatever. Like, um, but like uh, when it comes to this stuff. there's tons of channels that will start making videos about like how to grow on YouTube as an example, because Mm -hmm. they think that it's easy. But (laughs) the funny thing is, is when people start those types of channels, most of them quickly learn that you're competing with people that actually know what it is that they're doing. Right. Right. So, uh, so because of that, you know, it's not like you're competing against, you know, Bob who's making, you know, videos in his bedroom and just trying to get videos and not, you know, like really focused on the thing you're competing against, you know, people that do this professionally that are, you know, not just doing it themselves, but they're teaching other people how to do it. So, um, so, you know, the the competition is pretty fierce in terms of uh, this space, so you definitely have to come into play. But one thing that I do wanna say is, um, you know, just because somebody is new or just because they are taking, you know, um, someone else's information and they are sharing it, like let's say somebody watches one of my videos and they're like, hey, that was really good. I'm gonna make a video and say, you know, similar things as long as what they're saying is accurate, which is a really hard thing to you know, determine if you're just watching their video, I mean, it's still you know information. So mm-hmm. I would just encourage you to just kind of think through the information that they're sharing, maybe try to vet the information, so for example, if you watch any of my videos, every single thing that I tell you in my videos, you can confirm what I say to you. Um, looking through those Google Google Help pages right. that I was talking about before, um, some of that is also mixed with like the YouTube Creator Academy, which is currently—I mean, it's offline now—but you could technically go to archive.org, I think it is, or the mm-hmm. you know the Wayback whatever, right, right. and you could still pull up you know that information. But um, you know, you just want to make sure that you are just thinking it through, right? Like if, if you if you click on a video. That says, you know, how to go viral, um, you know, with every video you publish in the next 30 days. And that video has 300 views on it. There's probably a good (laughs) chance that the information they're sharing with you is not going to, you know, help you go viral for the next 30 days. Right. But, um, um, yeah, like that, that's a, that's a really tough question to answer. I've never I've never been asked that before. That that's definitely a really tough question to answer, just because you know there are people with great information out there, but they just might not have like the camera presence or you know right. something like that in order to you know to pull it off in a way to where uh, you know to where it causes their channel to also be successful along with the information. So that's a really tough question. Yeah, I know. I've known we, we ask
2: the we ask the hard questions
0: here that's right. on our
1: on our yeah, that's, that's show. great. Yeah, I've never been asked that before
0: because so, I know there's even some people who I know who have worked internally in a company and grown YouTube channels and mm-hmm. super successful um, yeah. but they're not they don't have their own and but they have yeah. super a lot of knowledge so that's why I was, I was asking that because it's it is hard to find I you have- know I have a friend of mine. He
1: um, he grew the TubeBuddy YouTube channel to over five hundred thousand subscribers pretty much single-handedly. Mm. And um, and in his particular case, he has a YouTube channel as well. But if you were to go to look at his YouTube channel, it'd be like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, but you might not be, right. just based on the current size of his channel and things like that, you might think like, I uh, you know, I probably shouldn't listen to this guy. But in reality, like, he's he's extremely tuned in uh, when right. it comes to right. YouTube, and he's helped not just them, but he actually worked with other companies through them and help them with their channels as well. Right. So yeah, so it's really hard to, to really say, like, you know, do X, Y, Z to kind of vet them. I would just think through the information um, that that they're sharing with you, and just double check, right, before you apply something to your channel. So for example, I was watching a video the other day um, of one of those channels that you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And I can, I can usually, when I'm watching those, I can pretty quickly figure out, you know, kind of where they're at. And um, I was watching uh, one of those channels, and they mentioned, how important it is to make sure that your video title um, is what your file name is named as, or the keyword that you're targeting. And the hilarious thing about that is that information is information that people were sharing like before I even came onto YouTube. Like that stopped <laughs> even mattering yeah. a really long time ago. Um, but you know for them because they just ran across that information somewhere else online or whatever mm-hmm. for them they're sharing something that they think is some type of, you know, power tip even though, you know, it's something that's not, you know, valid, you know, these days. So just right. make sure you double check that kind of thing. When you get a piece of information you're like, "Hey, this is great. I'm going to try to apply it to my YouTube channel." Just, you know, do a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of Googling around first, maybe watching some other videos before you fully commit to um, to the idea.
0: Yeah. Well, somebody who always has great ideas is you, Nick Nimmin. So before we wrap up, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. I mean, seriously, I mean, not only does he um, you know, he gives great advice on his channel, but he has other really good people uh, on his channel as well that are other great uh, there's like a like a posse of these people that keep coming on a show that that you and that's who you would go to like if you're talking we talk about betting yeah. people you know look at like nick's channel and then like oh uh daryl's on oh roberto's on and i mean all these people and you can learn different aspects and things from that but but sorry i'm, I'm rambling but uh tell people where uh, they can find you and they can subscribe for themselves nick
1: yeah, so um, so if you just go to nicknimmin um, all roads will lead to Rome um, there. <laughs> Um, or you can just hop on YouTube, look for my name there, which is up on the screen right now. Um, and uh, and then YouTube will, you know, put me in front of you if you, uh, you know, take that route through YouTube search. The fact that we've been talking here and you've been watching, there's a good chance you might even get a recommendation here soon anyway. So just keep an eye out for my face on a thumbnail here over the next week. Awesome.
0: Awesome. <laughs> and where can people find all things Grace Duffy? Because if you guys haven't noticed, there is a new uh, lower third for my friend Grace. So talk real quick yes, about that.
2: I started working for so that yes. that uh, Mike, yeah. So I started working for Volley this week, and if you're not familiar with it, uh, do we have our lower third for our, where to find yeah, our group we on do. Volley? Yeah, there you go. Join us at <laughs> socialmedianews.live.com/backslash/chat. and you can join our volley group and find out where it's all about but with that is where you can find me now and here on the show because i will never ever ever leave jeff
0: (laughs) (laughs) i can't get rid of her she's like the the, the, the. no that's that's great so like peanut
2: butter and jelly everybody's saying
0: congratulations grace so that's great i'm so happy that she is at volley you know we we've loved volley for a long time Uh, and yeah we'd love for you guys to join I use it for my channel members yeah, yeah I, use, I use Molly 2 already. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Well, and we interviewed Mitch, uh, Mitch Dong from, yeah. he's the head of community there. And the one that just like kind of was like, come on over. Uh, yeah. I don't think that was in May. So, uh, you know, go, go, through back. Our videos, go, back go back and listen to that and find out how cool it is. And it's free, free to use free yeah. video messaging. So like we ask nothing of you than to come talk to us.
0: That's right. And you can also talk to us uh, and leave us a rating and review over our podcast. Make sure you guys go to any of, of your favorite podcast players. Uh, leave us a rating and review because it really does help. Our next show is not going to be next week. I am taking a break. I'm going to be on vacation, but we will come back next week, the week after that, with a, uh, some really great guests that we've got lined up for you for this next part of the year. But I appreciate all you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Michelle. Brian, as always. Jim. All you guys who left great questions and comments today during the show and and with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.